my friends, to the Swiss Power IT leaders, share the insight with other leaders and others who want to leave. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as every week, I have my two co-hosts, Harold Holden and Paul Lewis. Hey, guys. That clip is as long as the new Batman movie. <laughs> that was a fantastic movie, I have to admit. I really enjoyed it. I have. I want to see it this weekend, so I'm waiting. You want to definitely it? recommend it. It's very dark, and it's very long. Yes. yes, it's also it's also very like traditional early Batman, hmm. right? So it, is it, it is longer dark. than the Justice Friends? Just Justice Friends? You're yeah. like my grandmother. League, whatever. The, the, the you mean the Snyder Cut? Yeah, yes. three hours long. Yeah. Ooh, so my wife's gonna need a blanket, a pillow, a <laughs> coat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's long. It's very, very long. Um. They probably could have cut some time, but I didn't feel like like I didn't I didn't leave and went God God why was that so freaking long? Like I left pumped from what I saw. It's also very okay. traditional, like I said, old school Batman, right? Old school Batman was a detective, right? Right, and they really kind of like he's Sherlock Holmes in a cowl, right? And they really <laughs> kind of leaned into that more than they have in any of the other films, which. Um, considering they keep rebooting Batman, I, I, I quite enjoyed that take on Batman. I quite enjoyed kind of this different look at Batman. Um, it wasn't as far out there as the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie for takes on Batman, right? But it was a very different take on on the Bat. I like that it seemed more practical, right? The Batmobile was not much more than, you know, a souped-up vehicle versus you know, the Batmobiles of past that were like science fiction. Right, right, right. They were billion dollar tech inventions, right? right. Um, they really didn't go into Bruce Wayne at all. Like Bruce Wayne was 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 not heavy. Um, I, I thought I thought all in all it was interesting. What's amazing to me though is the questions they left you with after three hours that they just simply didn't answer and moved on. Hmm. Um, I thought were I thought were also rather odd. Um, I like the kind of Mad Maxi feel of it, right? It had almost like a a near post apocalypse um, feel to it, right? Like because it, it was so practical versus what we've so seen are before. All the villains back? I I don't want to give away any spoilers. Um, like you know you you know it's all about Riddler, right? He's he's in it. Um, yeah, that one. Right, Catwoman. So, I need yeah. to want to see it. That woman's in the preview, right? So, so you know she's there, and she did a fantastic job. She was a really good Catwoman, um, which I I've always felt has been a complicated character because she she really she, she kind of flip flops between villain and hero, hmm. right? Better than uh, Halle Berry. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think she's a really appropriate like influence from Halle Berry. Okay. The right. acting was better. I, I would say. Um, I mean, I, I, then we have to get into, is that an acting problem or a script problem or a directing problem? Fair enough. Right. So I don't want to, I don't want to malign Miss, Miss Barry. She was, you know, Miss Barry. She, so, she, doesn't, she doesn't deserve it. So thinking about that. So the bad had a lot of influence. And then you said to have like a Mad Max feeling and the different challenges of acting. What the heck do we do with crypto then? 
We need to protect the somewhere. Not even. Because, like, transition. I get where you were trying to go, but. Well, it's that in every commercial now you see something that have nothing to do with anything. And also, crypto. I'm like, I'm like, okay, we need to bring it somewhere. We need. I was like a like a Doge commercial with uh, with Jim Carrey driving a Lincoln, imitating Matthew McConaughey. Like that would be the <laughs> all time, right? Um, but no, you bring up a good point, right? Uh, at, there is this feeling that we need to do something about crypto. Um, at, at the same time, it it doesn't it defeat the purpose if we do something about crypto. Like the point of Cryptocurrency is its non-fiat-based currency, right? The more regulated it becomes, the less I think it accomplishes its point, which I don't know, maybe that is kind of the point of the regulation in to, to some degree, right? Um, I, I'm certain the point of the regulation is is kind of twofold, right? Uh, taxes on, on, on one hand and, um, and some consumer protection. Right, because there is no, there is currently no uh, consumer protection. Yeah, yeah. And there's consumer protection. There's there's fraud, uh, money laundering. Um, there is regulatory boundaries about, you know, wealth distribution. It's a whole bunch of sort of themes of since this is a, you know, an uncontrolled do-it-yourself environment, what can we do, what can or should we do as a government to ensure that um, it isn't abused? Uh, all of those things are very true, right? And and at the same time, now we're going to start to get into, I think, one of the biggest challenges with technology and regulation, right? Because um, it doesn't start or stop with crypto. Um, there's a huge global conversation on um, the ethics of artificial intelligence, which I think we've touched on in prior podcasts, although we haven't really dug into. Um, and I'm going to speak, Paul, unfortunately, from a very, very American standpoint, unlike how I normally am super global. Um, but, but the reality is, from about 1980 on, the U.S., economy has been a hot to a higher and higher percentage based on innovation in software right um if i were to think about the things that we make better than anyone else in the world or what we give to the world it's hollywood movies pizza and and software those are the three things that the u.s contributes in in a mostly positive way to the world and, and we've been, you know, our economy has, has, has really kind of capitalized on our leadership in software, I would say, more than anything, right? Look at the, the, all the biggest kind of, you know, dot whatever companies you want to call them, tech companies, they're all U.S. So you're including social media software. You don't mean software to be purchased, but software to be used. C c correct, right? Okay. Uh, Google, okay. Apple, Amazon, right? Twitter, Facebook, um, these are all, all of Facebook. it, right? These are all companies based off the the development and use of tech that includes no effective boundaries, right? That includes crypto, that includes artificial intelligence, that includes machine learning. Um, and we really have to be cautious of, of two things. One, um, 
what will regulating that do to the speed and pace of innovation? And two, what will not regulating that do to the ability to be free from insert whatever, you know, dystopian kind of reality you want to talk about, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, on one hand, you have ultimate government regulation that leads us to 1984. On the other hand, you have Aldous Huxley's um, A Brave New World, which we've kind of, you know, moved into and, and is, and is much, much less government, you know, in reality and much more, uh, you know, corporate. Plus you have a bill of rights that, uh, that, that prevents the government from being involved in first amendment conversations. Uh, it, it, or it limitations it, it curtails yeah right it it limits the government still can be involved but it limits but but also we it's cute to think of the world as kind of this one global thing where we're all fighting for you know similar things and play by the same rules there are nations in this world that do not play by those rules right um and some of the question really has to be uh, where do we want the innovation that we use to come from and how competitive do we want to be in that innovation? You know, 40 years ago, innovation came from mm, the classified public sector, right? right? Today, it doesn't. It flows the opposite direction. Right? They don't have the best scientists. They don't have the best researchers. They don't have the best software developers, right? Uh, to be really frank and honest, uh, their in a, in unwillingness to hire people without a degree or unwillingness to hire people that smoke weed or do mushrooms means they're never going to get them. Right. Uh, I know that it's never be a California-based DOD. Is there anything? Well, Department of Defense doesn't recruit a Burning Man, and some of the best software developers in the world go to Burning Man. <laughs> right. Right? Like, so, so if we're going to restrict where that innovation goes, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't. And our enemies, of which I would say that there are two, China and, and Russia, are not going to have the same restriction. How do we maintain the same, the same pace of play? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of my concern. Interesting. And do you, and do you believe this is a public-private partnership or this is entirely coming from the private sector? I mean, the, the challenge is it's never public private doesn't actually work the way I think we all would like it to work. But it's for this public good that we're all sort of sharing yeah, it's, its, all, its post creation and its advantages. No, there's none of that. <laughs> there's none of that. The reality is corporations want to know, want, want to make the most money they possibly can. Right. True. Right. And I don't think they should be able to make unregulated um, profits. At the same time, it's not just government versus corporation, hmm. right? Because we're not, it's not one global government. We're not one global people. We're not all fighting for the same thing, right? right? Um, so we, I, I do think we need to think about it. And I have yet to meet a, to meet a senator or a Congress person from any government anywhere that is truly suitable to write that regulation or comment on that regulation or hold a hearing on that regulation, right? right? The, the ones I've listened to on C-SPAN have been embarrassingly insulting to anyone with a fourth grade education in the last 30 years because I, I, I'm concerned they don't actually know how to operate an iPhone, much less <laughs> have a reasoned, informed conversation on regulation.
right, on how this stuff works well enough to regulate it. And that puts us in a much more difficult position, right? One of the You'd agree that open source regulation, by that I just mean community built regulation, it works. No. No. So it you should. so community based standards for I don't know, for electronics or for uh, even things like AI isn't something that will be effective. No, because I don't think they'll listen. Well, right. You look it at still requires participation. Still requires well, people yeah. to say yes. I will implement these boundaries. Yeah, yeah, but but politicians listen to lobbyists. Hmm. Right. They listen to people that fund their campaign. Not all voices are equal. Right. right? And, and there's no. How do you get someone to listen to to a reasoned argument when they don't understand the the technology? Right. Right. So they don't really have the ability to grade the arguments in any meaningful way. Um, they're kind of at the mercy of people that would otherwise be called pundits. Right. They're, they, they have to go to someone for their opinion. Who are they going to go to? Well, I'm going to go to that technology company that funded my campaign. Why? Because they're the ones that I have the best relationship with. Right. right. So are they really going to give me an unbiased opinion? Right. Or I'm going to I'm going to go to my legal counsel good God, do attorneys not know what technology is, <laughs> right? Um, like, so not like, to be ageist, but, you know, most politicians are 70s and 80s and are lawyers. <laughs> so you're saying that combination are combination has a negative impact on innovation. And, and the challenge is it doesn't leave us in a position where people are protected, which, which should be the goal of regulation. It doesn't leave us in a position where um, we're able to continue innovation, right? One of the things that was suggested for the ethics of artificial intelligence was it, it, all AI had to be explainable mm -hmm. on its face, not by putting an expert in a witness stand to explain it, but you literally had to be able to understand what goes in and what comes out and what gets done in between. And that's right. none of that is how AI works, right? Not only that, but the, the, the pace that AI would have to move at to explain itself through code, you know, like like have a have a documentation library where it outputs what it does at each step, would right. slow AI down to the point that it was no longer competitive and and likely nothing related to artificial intelligence. A and any country that didn't do that would leave every country that does do that in its wake for innovation. Yeah, imagine the manuals that have been written as the self-driving car <laughs> makes its way through the city. Right, right. <laughs> like like I can't. I can't even conceive of anyone that would have like thought through that with any intelligence and thought this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Right now I, I'm all for, you, you have to be able to put, uh, you have to be able to put an expert up on the witness stand to, to, to talk about what it does. Okay. Like, I, I think that's reasonable. Like it has to be explainable by an expert. Okay. Like sure. Um, but, but we have to get beyond this idea that, that that that's even reasonable for artificial intelligence, right? We have to, I, I, I don't know. Um, and, and when it comes to regulating cryptocurrency, all of the things you said are true. But the other thing that's true is anyone can create a cryptocurrency in their backyard, right? Anyone, right? So how do I stop money laundering when absolutely anyone can create a new cryptocurrency and there's no possible way for any government to keep up with the pace of creation within crypto. The only thing they could do regulatory wise is keep it in the box. In other words, 
they could create regulation that says you can't exchange this coin with real dollars. You can trade all the coin you wish. You just can't trade it with the U.S. You can exchange it for something else. Yeah, but 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 I can I can exchange the coin for anything I want. And, and yeah, there may be extra steps involved, but I could do a, a wire transfer. Sure. I can do a wire transfer, with no comment whatsoever to any other person that has any bank that my bank will talk to. Right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you look at NFTs, like I was this week, I got five of them, and the NFT includes stuff that says if you sell it, you can make money with those. Sure. So how do you regulate that? Sure. And and yeah, and, and all you're really going to do is move from one thing to the other, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so I don't see it solving anything. Like, sure, That's it is saying. a way to solve money. The bigger concern is for nation states like China, right? States that regulate your ability to move currency out of the country, it's a much bigger problem for. China didn't cut down on it because of the, the challenge it was creating on the power grid. China said it was illegal because people were moving yuan into a foreign currency that was illegal for them to do so and went, right. oh, we have to close this down. Like it, like it was absolutely money laundering. It wasn't money laundering. Like they weren't concerned about money laundering on behalf of the triads. They were concerned about money laundering on behalf of billionaires moving currency out of the country. <laughs> right. To or millionaires, you know, whatever. To buy their, uh, their billion dollar yachts. <laughs> right. Like, like that's that's a bigger concern for some of those countries than than criminal right. activity, right? Um, Western nations, it's much more criminal activity that is the concern, right? We have a, we have a much more lackadaisical view on your ability to move your own capital around the world. Um, but I'm not sure that that's even, you know, necessarily solvable. And very much defeats the purpose of the cryptocurrency to begin with, because it's supposed to be a non-fiat currency, which means government, get your hands out of my dollars. Right. I, I, we've had this conversation before. I think crypto's also got a level of ridiculousness to it that that you know um, makes me wary of investing heavily in crypto. And you know, when someone like Elon Musk can tweet and drop the value of Bitcoin by thirty percent, that's a bit of a, a bit of a problem. Yeah, agreed. So we talked about the issues building regulation, but lots of regulation exists. So. Of the existing regulation, is there a problem with enforcement? Is there a problem with its application? Is it a problem with, um, you know, a Venn diagram where, you know, it's you can't obligate yourself to one without disobligating yourself to another, right? Is there a flip of the coin problem with some of these regulations? I mean, it, yeah, at some point, like, like, like. Bitcoin is fairly well understood and it's incredibly well documented. Right. Every single, I, I was going to say coin, but every single piece of a coin is tracked right. and, and somewhat publicly. Like you may not know the identity of the people, but you know the identity of the wallets. Sure. To yeah. which every single coin moves. That gives an awful lot of visibility and, and, and is a, you know, an investigative tool used by law enforcement. Do we really want them to move to something that's unknown? And yeah, it's very hard to regulate, but like, is that a is that necessarily the worst thing in the world? It's kind of the known known the, the known unknowns versus the unknown unknowns kind of kind of thing, you know. Like I know 
some percentage, some number of billions of dollars is going to be laundered every year. Right. Am I better knowing the platform used for the laundering or am I better not knowing the platform used for the laundering? <laughs> am I better having some visibility or am I better having no visibility? Because do I, do I really honestly think I can cut down on the amount of funds that are laundered? You're, so you're saying they'll find a way. This is just one of the ways they're currently using now. Yeah, one NFTs are another way. The reason NFTs are selling for so much money is to launder money. It's a sure. fantastic way to launder money. Right. Right. Because I create I create something from nothing. And I say that that nothing has an arbitrary value that no reasonable person would pay. Which means un, if an unreasonable person pays it, it still has that value. And I can I can wash an infinite amount of money in an infinite amount of useless digital tokens called NFTs. And I don't even have to use a GPU or an ASIC to generate the math necessary to create them. Yeah. $1,000 bag of air. Next transaction is a $2,000 bag of air. Next transaction is a $5,000 bag of air. And we're watching, yep. people, we're watching people artificially inflate the value of NFTs by trading them to what is effectively themselves for <laughs> right. amounts of money that never actually move anywhere. Right. Right. So, okay. So my, my piece of my, the NFT for my art is worth $5,000. Why? Because this account paid $5,000. Oh, but that account there's, there's nothing that says that account isn't still that person's or their neighbors or their mothers or their brothers and right. that $5,000 actually changed hands. Right. Right. Because your hope that the next person is somebody different so that you'll get your Correct. Correct. Yeah. Because the next person that comes along, especially the people that don't understand how they how NFTs work or what they're buying and just see, holy crap, there's a lot of money to be made here, they'll happily pay. Oh my God, I got it for 20, I got it for $1,800 and it just sold for 2000. Oh sweet. I'm going to make a ton of money. And then right. they put it up for sale and get crickets. Why? Cause it was never worth that to begin with. Cause it never actually had value. So where's so, you know, the red line? Somewhere so well, because the, the, one of the most expensive NFT is a monkey. Sure. And, and, and I'm not going to say that there are, there, that NFTs are all necessarily bad, right? Um, there, there have been some fundraising things done with NFTs that I find to be I interesting and unique, right? Um, uh, is it Overly Obsessive Girlfriend, I think? I think the, the girl that was in that picture sold the NFT of that picture and made a bunch of money, which I think is great because she's been a meme forever, so she should be able to capitalize on it a little bit. Like, sure. like I'm not going to say every single thing yeah. is bad. And NFTs aren't necessarily unlike other things that do exist in the physical world, like the guy that paid half a million dollars for Tom Brady's last ball an hour and a half before Tom Brady came back to football. <laughs> right? Like there are all kinds of bad investments. I've been to I've been to uh, 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 art museums that I swear to God are just a money laundering scam because the art is so incredibly awful that that the reason the art like every single piece of art says on loan from this collection and on loan from this collection, on loan from this collection. And every piece of art you look at and you go, yeah, I wouldn't put that in my house either. This is awesome. Else <laughs> I don't have to put it in my house. Oh, that's great. And you know, they're just some multimillionaire that was told this artist is going to blow up. Right. By some jackass that probably, you know, gets a cut from the artist. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great scam. So, so where's the red line from it's an interesting use of investment to this is detrimental to society? 
at what point does that become true? And then what do we do about it if it happens? I mean, the, the question becomes, one, are we, uh, is, reg is, is the ability to regulate actually reasonable? Hmm. Right? Okay, I'm going to regulate Bitcoin. Cool, we'll just move to another currency. Anyone can spin up a currency. You cannot conceivably regulate every single cryptocurrency, right? Therefore, do I regulate any of them? Or how do I go about regulating them, right? And, and in what fashion do I regulate them, right? Um, if it's, well, when the funds are transferred to a wallet owned in the US. Okay, cool. So I just gener generate my wallet on a cloud computer that exists in the Ukraine, Right. In a, in a country that doesn't have that regulation and then it never enters the U.S. So is that, you, you know what I mean? Like, right. so then how much time do I waste on this currency? How much time do I waste on attempting to enforce when the reality is this enforcement is not going to go after billionaires? It's going to go after people that have some coins that didn't pay taxes on them that can't afford the attorney to defend the Right. the regulatory inquiry right right in which case are we doing uh, is there any public good involved in that regulation hmm. right you want to you want to go after you know uh, a russian oligarch i will support your regulation hmm. right but but you're not you're going to go after you know the same people that that got busted for you know uploading 13 CDs back in the in the late 90s early 2000s and had to pay $30,000 that they didn't have. Right? You want to side show note, me side note hey. Napster is still a company in operation and they still stream music. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I read about one a social media company yesterday where the founder sold it to Yahoo for $285 million, bought it back from them for a million dollars. And then sold it to Twitch for eighty-five million dollars. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Yahoo couldn't figure out how to make the company worth anything. She bought it back, and then Twitch was like, "Hey, I think we can make money with that," and sold it to Twitch. I love stuff like that. <laughs> well, I thought it was hilarious when DuckDuckGo was all over the news, talking about their ability to remove disinformation. And the first thing I thought to myself was, people use DuckDuckGo? Yeah. <laughs> can't I possibly be a heavy-used environment. I loved going to the Microsoft campus, uh, and I was there in, like, 08 time frame. Could have been 07, could have been 09, but but that time frame. Um, and, and I'm there for a week hearing from the product manager for, for everything associated with the server platform, and and every single time they, they got asked a question, the response was, well, you can, you can use Bing for it or your reasonably favorite search engine. <laughs> like, like they could have just said you could just use Bing for it. And it would have right. been fine. We all would understand we're not going to use Bing. We're just going to Google it. Right. But even they were so turned off by Bing that they had to throw in, you probably will get better results on your favorite search engine. Like, <laughs> right. you can't even use it. We're just legally bound to say you have to use Bing. Like, we're not allowed to you know, say the evil, the evil G word. Well, you know what Bing means? means. It's the because it's not Google. Because it's not Google. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that, 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 that. <laughs> yeah, I also thought it was the sound your computer made when it, when it aired. 
so so I, I got an interesting thought when you were talking about that the people sometimes will not get the best engineers because they're probably smoking a joint or something else somewhere else. What about corporate? Will we bring people that may be using questionable... Uh, I mean, all these people are important somewhere. Right. But right. what uh, about if you can bring them? Is that a policy or some kind of regulation that you put to your employees or that the company should be looking at not doing? Let's say, should a company be looking at the same technologies for crypto, for NFTs, or that prior doing outside to innovate within the company? Uh, I mean, smart contracts, I think, have have a play in corporate America, right? I think there's a lot of, of intelligent potential for smart contracts, which are a form of blockchain similar to, to cryptocurrency. Um, I think at some point, I think the big banks are going to settle on um, utilizing crypto to do like interbanking currency exchange, right? I think there's a lot of really intelligent uses in it in, in industrial applications kind of for that sort of thing. Um, I, I even think, you know, um, like, like Walmart is likely to roll their own crypto in managing um, like pay accounts payable for their tremendous number of supply chain partners, Amazon as well. Right. Where um, effectively you'll submit automated, automated uh, invoices against a blockchain that will then get, get uh, reconciled against a ledger that then is, is easier and simpler to pay out over time. Like, I think there'll be some crazy uses, especially in like um, multifaceted supply chain where you're both a consumer and a seller. Um, I think there'll be some interesting uses of crypto in those cases. At this point, I don't think anybody's actually made it work to, to, to be profitable. The amount of compute necessary to do it and the speed and pace of it is so slow right now that I, I don't know of anybody that's figured out how to how to do anything but but coinage in wallets and even that you could argue that you know, there's no industrial profitability in that it, there's investor profitability which is a very different thing. Uh, other than this specific example, I would argue corporations love regulations. Uh, they they might not like the expense of implementing regulations, but they love regulations because it gives them. It gives them bowling bumpers and that they can do anything they want within the lane as long as they don't, they don't jump the ball over the bumper they're safe and and, the, and and they can they can they can throw it they can bowl it they can roll it it doesn't matter they'll still win as long as they're within the boundary and, and they love regulation that they're ahead of especially right. if the competition isn't. Right. Regulation is. And, and I'm not saying all regulation is bad. That's not where I where I was going. Right. I, I think that there is an absolute place for regulation that protects the consumer. I think there's an there, there's an absolute place for regulation that protects the worker. Like, I think there's a place for a whole bunch of regulation. Um, but but ultimately, there's also a, a you know, there's also a point where you have to go. Yeah. Regulation doesn't make sense in this case. We're not doing that. Right. Right. Like and unfortunately, the government kind of exists for the purpose of regulation. Well, regulated or not, after Batman or not, you can smoke a joint or not, 
It's your decision. But I think at the end of the day, understanding what you're doing for your enterprise, for your company, for your business, being aware of what is changing. We never know. Probably next month, we're going to be using blockchain here like happening in El Salvador. Or we may still be using dollars or whatever currency you're using in your country. But it's interesting to see how always being ahead of the curve can help us be better leaders. My friends, awesome to see you. We'll see you on our next episode.